0: Hi everyone, before I get into the podcast, I'd just like to say a few words about our sponsor. Karma Coast is an award-winning small batch, handcrafted organic CBD company based in Tynemouth. Their products include CBD oil, CBD balm, vape pens, and my personal favorite, the CBD tea. If you wanna buy any of their products, go to their website, which is www.karmacoastcbd.co.uk. That's Karma with a K. And if you order online from them, You can use my exclusive code at the checkout for a 10% discount, and that is Matt's Karma, M A T T S K A R M A. Massive thanks to Dylan and Magda at Karma Coast for the sponsorship. Now it's time for the podcast. Hello there, and welcome to Hide and Speak with me, Matt Saxon. Today's guest is none other than Sam Fender. He needs very little introduction, but before I do that, I have a few things to mention. This will be the last episode for a month or so. I'm doing this to focus on a few things, one being the recording of more episodes for season two, just so that I have a few in the bank before starting to release them. Secondly, I'm releasing music with my new solo project, The Early Purple, but more on this at the end of the episode. On today's guest, like I said, he needs very little introduction, he is an indie singer-songwriter from North Shields, who's been around since his debut single, Play God, in 2017. Since then, he's become a two-time Brit Award winner, two-time NME Award winner, he's had two number one albums in the UK, he tours all over the world with his bandmates Drew, Dean, Tom, Joe and Johnny Blue Hat, And most importantly, he's now mates with train enthusiast, Francis Bourgeois. This episode was actually recorded in March 2021, during the height of lockdown, so I apologise about the COVID chat, but of course, at the time, it was still quite a big deal. Um, We still managed to have a really good chat about things like swans, or swerns, as we like to say, Um, who should play Sam in a movie, Evan Peters or Finn Wittrock, arena tours, because at the time of recording this, he was planning the arena tours, but then lockdown happened and he had to cancel um auto tune and process music we go in depth about his vocal issues psychopaths and much more i'll be back at the end of the episode for a chat but for now let's get on with episode 10 with sam fender okay we're in a bird hide in northumberland and i'm joined here by sam fender hello
1: hello how are you doing
0: very, very good. Thanks very much for being here. Oh, thank you for having us. You look absolutely the part. I, I must say, yeah. Oh, i He's got his, he's got his little flask <laughs> of coffee. He's got his bird watching book. His oh, binoculars. That we knocks. I mean, I, I, he's I, I, even wearing some camo. I I've got, think
1: I've got some camo. <laughs> in, in the inside of me coat's camo, but I've, yeah, I've turned out a bit just so the birds kinda see us. Yeah. i complete um, camouflage. completely And we're joined by two swans. We,
0: we've got an extra couple of special guests. Just as soon as we opened the windows of the bird hide, <laughs> um, these two massive swans just... Uh, swans? I think they must have been like, hey, look, it's fucking something there. you <laughs> either that or they're coming over to Chinua. They did have a a little bit of a nasty look in their eyes when they came over, didn't they? It? This one's
1: like he's just, yeah, just, just cleaning himself by the looks of things. Yeah. Cleaning herself. I don't know what the gender of this one is. Can you gender swans?
0: Um, I think you've got to get a little bit uncomfortably close. Have you to uh, to ID them? Probably. I think there's probably a way. But I bet,
1: the, I bet there's I bet there's some other bird watching. Uh, like uh, like if there's any bird watching legends listening to this, I bet they're going, "You damn fool! You can uh, you can gender them by the by the spot on their
0: nose." Exactly. I'm I'm like actually that. terrified about that because yeah. I'm still an amateur bird watcher I'm not going to lie and um, I'm pretty sure I'm getting a few of the bird watching facts wrong while I'm doing these but well you know can you do it with like whoa,
1: whoa. just absolutely absolutely shit me cacks there the swan did it
0: I think you might be able to uh, ID the swan's gender by the bulge on its nose
1: ah by how ragged it is
0: well there's there's two right in front of us here and one of them has a big bulge. One of them has a little bulge. So I wonder if it's a male and female.
1: That is that is very very true. Yeah. One's basically got like a a huge nutsack on the front of its head, and the other one has a tiny little one.
0: Let's see, page forty four.
1: Page forty four on swans.
0: It's a mute swan.
1: Um, Does it say anything about chinas? It's that Collins complete guide to British birds, is it? It
0: is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the yeah. the The Latin name is Cygnus olor. Aye. A whooper swan's swan's uh, <laughs> is Cygnus Cygnus. It's part of the fun of uh, bird watching, in my opinion, is finding out what the Latin word is. Aye. Like a buzzard's Latin word is butius butius. No, butio butio. I feel like
1: we need to clear up that we're not like chauvinistic pigs just sat in like a white van, on the side of a, uh, on the side of Whit- Road or something, going yeah. like what bird watching? <laughs> where <are> you, <laughs> you know, we actually are looking at animals.
0: Yeah, we are. We are. Do Do you want to describe what you where we are? For yeah, the, well, for the uh, listeners. So it's a,
1: it's a beautiful, beautiful grey, foggy northeastern day, um, and we are sat in the pond in in a bird hide um in hollywell dean is that right hollywell yeah hollywell hollywell, dean? hollywell. is this the dean
0: hollywell hollywell what, what's a little bit out of the dean it's not book. the dean is
1: it it's the it's the pond
0: it's the hollywell pond yeah the
1: dean's the bit where kids can and smoke weed that's right this is the bit where yeah. you come and look at birds in there uh, and it's it's uh, very very calm the water is still there's loads of yeah. there's loads of birds everywhere, which I didn't. I can I can ID two types so far, my my knowledge. Uh, I can see a duck, and I can see a swan. Uh, the rest are completely unknown to me. Well, and quite far away, so that's why I've got the binocs here.
0: Yeah, got some got some binocs. We got a book. Hopefully, we can ID some new ones and. Hopefully you'll learn a lot about this. this. Yeah. Hopefully,
1: hopefully we'll see. A, hopefully we'll see a, something pop by. But these two swans are literally. I'm talking, you know, there's one literally, a, a, it's a meter away from me. Obviously, I've thankfully got, um, I thankfully got the hide wall, to, to separate the tilva. Because if not, I think this one would be marching us out the place. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll um. I'll Put a link to a photograph of how close these whoa. swans actually Whoa kicked off there. He little, just
1: he? he just did a he just got his wings out and got very tall. Yeah, uh, and I, I didn't think swan, swans could get that tall.
0: They're big he, uh, big beasts.
1: He went like literally about six foot there. That was insane. What? We're not doing anything.
0: <laughs> They've got a keen eye on us, like I they think didn't. they're they're keeping they're keeping a the look out. Um, but yeah, these uh, I'll send a I'll, I'll I'll link a picture to how close Sam is to these swans. It's actually quite funny. But uh, yeah, we've we've not got a huge amount of action on the pond. It's really peaceful, though. It's like quite early in the morning. Maybe so I think it's about eleven a.m. It's not early in the morning, really, is it? No, but it, it's early for me. It's early for me. aye. Yeah Are you an early riser
1: Oh uh, I'm an uh, The only time I'm an early riser Is if I have to be Yeah um, You know I'm I'd be lying if I said I was a morning
0: person I'm definitely not a morning person myself But,
1: but saying that When I have been The few times in my life Where I've been dragged out of bed early I mean apart from like Radio stuff and tour stuff mm-hmm. When I've done it for leisure So like When my dad used to take us fishing When yeah. I was a kid I love it. I do love it. I love like a five a.m. Nice. start. You know, yeah. I used to go fishing with my dad, like down in. Um, used to go down like, yeah, <clears throat> uh, Derwent Reservoir. Uh, it's a Derwent Reservoir, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, Derwent. Derwent. Mm-hmm. I used to go down there and uh, fish for rainbow trout.
0: Rainbow trout. I've never done the fishing thing. And I, I can imagine it's quite relaxing. It's amazing.
1: I'll I'll take you fishing sometime. <laughs> okay,
0: you will love it. That's a amazing. good idea. Nice little trade.
1: Yeah, I caught lots of fish the first time I went. It was a beginner's luck thing.
0: I think the only like step into the fishing world that I've done is uh, I bought an Argos fishing rod when I was about 10. <laughs> went down to Blythe Harbour, got the ragworm from the uh, local fishing shop, and that was the most fun part for me as a 10-year-old, just like sticking the ragworm on the hooks. It was disgusting, but, you know, I'm a little kid. Aye. Hands dirty, but loved it. I Never caught anything. Used to take a flash, a flask of uh, tea. Was it,
1: was it a proper fishing rod or was it just
0: like? It was. Oh, it was, was like, it like a Fisher like, Price one, basically. Yeah, like, like a like stick it, with a bit of string on it. There. Pretty much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still in our possession somewhere. So what are those things lashing across the pond
1: there?
0: Trying to get me binoculars on it. Have a look. Let's have a little look.
1: Glass not duck, is it?
0: It's a it's a coot. It's two coots.
1: Two coots. So what are uh, coots
0: are? Coots are um they're read dwellers. Oh right. The, um, reed you, dwellers. You could probably you can probably hear them through the microphones. Oh.
1: What the hell's that? So that's a there's uh, some coots.
0: That was actually a curlew that just flew by.
1: What's a curlew?
0: Um Curlews are quite a quite a large bird. They've got a really curved beak.
1: Is that um, the thing that's squeaking in the background? That's
0: it's squeaking, yeah. Um but back to the coots. Coots like hang out in the reeds with moorhens. hens. And there's there's quite a few actually. There's know, about four or five that I'm looking with at. They hang right now. With
1: hang out with moorhens hens, what they hang out with a different bird?
0: Well, they don't hang out. It's just moorhens hang out in the reeds, coots hang out in the reeds. So, they're roughly about the same size. Both are black. Coot's got a white like patch on its head. All oh, right, just really? above its eyes. Um, see if a look on one. I'd like to think that that's where the phrase "Oh, I haven't seen one there." Bald as a coot comes from. I don't know. Bald as a coot. Maybe man, that makes sense. Maybe the geordies listening could clarify that.
1: It does look like a it, Ah, um, oh, it's got a lush white spot on it. Yeah, they're, they're
0: really they're really common. You'll see them quite quite watched, a lot.
1: I've just seen that one dip under there.
0: Yeah, going fishing. And, fish um, and moorhens have got um, red and yellow, pretty much in the same place as where the white is on the coot.
1: Oh, I've got a lush look on this one here. Mm-hmm. Looks class. He's just bobbing a boot. Oh, mad looking, mad looking things, aren't they? Yeah. I've never um, This is mad Because like Obviously I've never Paid attention to anything Other than like You know Swan Duck Pigeon <laughs> Seagull Yeah you know? So it's yeah. nice to It's nice to know That there's actually Many other bird
0: Well I mentioned this before when you start learning a little bit, it doesn't even have to be that much, just identifying like some of the really common birds, it opens up this whole new kind of world around you. It's really fascinating because I mention this to people all the time that once you know a tiny little bit about birds, you can be just walking down the street and just you'll see it. It's a you, you've got your eyes open and you yeah. just see a completely different angle, yeah, perspective of what's going on around you. So, um,
1: so the the coots aren't dwelling in the uh, reeds like they're right in the middle is that because no, the swans are over here trying I, to channel us
0: I wonder if it's oh can you hear that listen what's that that's probably loads of geese flying in they're going to come here I hope so I hope sounds hope. like they're getting closer I hope the microphones <gasps> are picking this up
1: <laughs> oh no
0: yeah Gone somewhere else. They'll, they'll come back. But you often get oh, tons and tons of ducks.
1: It's getting closer. Who are them? Are they ducks?
0: These are ducks. Yeah, just flying past.
1: Oh my god! I can see them. I can see them coming in. I feel like you know when I feel like we're at. I feel like we're at Nature's Airport.
0: You know what I mean, <laughs> nature's airport. I like that. This is like
1: nature's Heathrow.
0: Yeah. There's, everyone, oh, there's two landed one. in there.
1: Two landing there. Just behind them reads uh, There's two
0: ducks. Yeah.
1: Oh, look, look, look up there.
0: Oh, there we go. There's some of them. Oh, aye. So we've probably got about 20 Canada geese flying above our heads right now. Um, you can possibly hear it through the microphones. Might be picking up it up. Um.
1: Oh, let me see them. Yeah, flying in formation.
0: That's class. Nice. Yeah, it's always good when you oh. see like tons of geese because it geese fly in like the hundreds, you know. But I've been at this bird hide and others in particular, but um, this one you get tons of geese just like flying down and landing in the water it's so amazing to see how many they just all fly together and it's just i don't know you've got to see it hopefully we'll see it now if we just kind of uh keep an eye out oh actually sam Mm -hmm. can you get your binoculars on to the right hand side here you'll see a duck with like white brown and black oh you see it got him you see his head is like a deep green color yeah. That, my friend, is a shoveler.
1: He's gorgeous.
0: And if you get, if you can get a decent view on his beak...
1: So there's the two brown ducks to the right, and then that's him on his own.
0: Yeah. So he... Uh, well, that's a female that's swimming past him right now. Uh-huh. you seen her beak? Uh-huh. It's massive. It's huge. It's That's why they're called shovelers. Shovelers. Right. Because they've got big shovels for he, beaks. He's following her. And uh, maybe that's a. Ah, uh, no, that's another female that he's, he's got two females with him.
1: He's a bit of a geezer, like, isn't he? Yeah, there he is. Two ladies. Two ladies, I think he's quite a regal looking thing, isn't
0: he? Yeah. I think we've got some more coming in as well. Oh, no, oh, they're I've, just, just the, a bunch of mallards.
1: On the left. So, what's the difference between that guy with the green head and the mallards?
0: <laughs> and the other ones? Yeah. Uh, just different species of. Duck, really. Um, the ones, the three on the left are mallards. Uh-huh. Uh, is this one making no a bracket? Yeah, uh, this one's being a dick. Um, yeah, they're just diff- different types of species of duck, really. Shovelers have got their name because of the shape of their beak. Um,
1: uh, the swans are finally fucking off.
0: And the swans are away.
1: One of them's off anyway, the one's had enough. Yeah. Yeah, like, off you go, off you fuck.
0: So, what's um, yeah, what's what's been happening with you during lockdown and stuff like that? I mean, I know you were you were able to play a couple of gigs during the whole lockdown.
1: Uh, well, that was the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was in the very optimistic beginning of the lockdown. God, uh, yeah, yeah. So,
0: so yeah, what you, what you been up to, man?
1: We, um, I mean, we did them socially distanced gigs, and then like there was just nothing after that. I mean, it's pretty much. I mean, there was a couple of months of nothing before that and then there was a massive, vast nothing after that. But um, yeah. but for me, a lot of it was just I've been writing loads, you know, just trying to write loads and um, kind of, I think like most people, i was just spent the whole time kind of losing me head and <laughs> going a bit mental. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I feel like I'm coming out of that now. And I, think all, I think a lot of people are now of... It's been a very challenging time for everyone, I think, um, and but I feel like you know we're now finally at a place where there seems to be a sort of end, an actual <laughs> end in sight,
0: with a vaccine and
1: uh, yeah. Well, I've had I've had my vaccine, yeah. I've had mine early because because of a health a health condition in which I, which I have, yeah.
0: Um, have you well, had both of them or just the first one?
1: Just the first one. I I was on the list for. Uh, because I was on the vulnerable, I was actually te- classed as vulnerable, funnily enough. Um, and uh, I actually got a shielding letter at the very beginning of the lockdown. So that's why I think I kind of lost my mind. Because at the beginning of the lockdown, you know how terrified everyone was We thought, like, yeah. you know, this is like going to wipe everyone out. And I mean, it, you know, it wiped a lot of people out. But um, I'm definitely not underestimating how bad it was. But um, I kind of, you know, I in my head, I thought, Christ, if I get this like with what I've got, um, like I'm gonna be done, you know. So I, I got a shielded letter saying that I couldn't really leave the house. So for like the first three months, I was like completely alone in mm-hmm. in my flat, and I didn't see anyone. I was just like zooming people, and <laughs> and I completely lost it, like because it's just yeah, I'm a sociable person, as you know, but yeah, uh, but just that, that it was far too much time in my own head, so. Um, and also, cause I just thought, you know, if I get this, it's, you know, I'm not good. But, um, I actually ended up getting COVID in the end. Right. I ended up getting it towards the end of the year. I got it in November.
0: Right. Um, how, how were you? I was, you know, I was
1: ill. It was like a flu. It was a nasty flu for me. Okay. Obviously it's different for everybody, but I mean, I was, it was definitely like the nastiest sort of flu I've had. Right. Uh, it was kind of like, it, it was very much its own thing. In particular, there was a few things I've not had before. The taste that I had in my mouth was like really, really kind of weird, vile, chemically, okay, metallic. Uh, right for a while, and I was like very dizzy. Felt like really dizzy for a lot of days. I couldn't really sleep. Thank couldn't God. really, wouldn't, like, it was bizarre. It was very bizarre. But then. And I completely lost me te- sense of taste and smell completely. Yeah, got them back. Thank God. Hey, <laughs> that was like that was the day that I knew I was getting better because I ordered a chicken burger and I could actually taste it, and it was like it was a glorious <laughs> moment. Um, but I it was bizarre. But then I was fine. I was all right. You know, it it I was bad for about a week. Yeah, and then I I came up the other end and took ages to test uh, negative again. Did it because I needed to test negative because we were supposed to go to Ireland to record. Okay. And I uh, ended up having to keep pushing that back until I could uh, get the negative test. Yeah. And eventually I did, got my negative test and we got off the island and recorded loads of stuff. And uh, and then, um, uh-huh. so I've had my vaccine. I've had my vaccine and I've had COVID. So I'm, I feel pretty protected because yeah, I have so got antibodies from the first time I got COVID and then uh-huh. I've just been given a load of other antibodies. And I'll, and I'll get my yeah, second one good. in April, just in time for my birthday.
0: Oh, lovely. So When's your birthday? 25th of April. 25th of April. Yeah. Excellent. So I'll i be, I'll be, uh,
1: hopefully I'll be pretty immune by the time it's my birthday.
0: Hopefully things, when I when are things getting um, unlocked down? Uh, isn't it the 21st of, or oh, do you mean the first one? Because I think the
1: 21st of June or...
0: You know what, I'm really not paying so any the, attention to it.
1: Well, the 21st, <laughs> well, but I, Boris reckons.
0: I'm choosing not to pay too much attention. It well, stresses me out too it much. Does,
1: it just stresses me out, and it's like, and also everything that comes out of Boris's mouth most of the time is a lie. So, like, yeah. you know, I kind of tend not to uh, pay much attention to what that exactly. big daft twat says. But uh, <laughs> um, he, he reckons, you know, they're, they're pushing the government are reckoning that 21st of June, I think, or tw- I might, it might okay. be July. I might have got this wrong, yeah. but um, that'll be like mm-hmm. the reckoning like gone like sort of like everything's back to sort of normal and i'm i mean I'm, really yeah yeah i'm, really? Not, I'm not really counting <laughs> me chickens i mean what there's gigs coming back on man proper gigs yeah and that was like for, for us we had it in our head that it was like the beginning of this year we sat down and like our agents were going like i don't think there's going to be any proper gigs this year this year like, it's going to be 2022. And I was like, for Christ's sake. And that, I think that's when the depression hit for mm-hmm. me and the boys. Because yeah. we kept a pecker up the whole of the last year with the prospect of playing this year. And then, uh sure. when that happened, it was like, whew, right. So we've got another year of sitting around. I mean, it's been now, I mean, February now. Or is it March now? I don't know. It's just coming to March. It's just coming to March. March. Yeah. Coming to March. So... In February, like, that was us hitting a year since we'd played a proper gig. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, if you discard the social distance once, yeah. like, actual show where there's no restrictions. Right, wow. And, um,
0: you were due to pay, play arenas as well, weren't I you? had the
1: sold-out arena tour, oh, God. which was, like, insane, you know. It'd gone completely to up that next level. And, uh, and it, the lockdown actually happened the day before we were supposed to start that tour. Oh, God. So it was like, couldn't have been closer Yeah. to the line. You know what I mean?
0: Um, how did you feel like going into, if, if COVID wasn't happening, like leading up to your first arena tour, like how did you actually feel? Because I can imagine it felt pretty amazing.
1: It was absolutely incredible. Like I was, it was like, that was the moment where it was like the wildest sort of dreams. Mm-hmm. Like we're actually starting to you know take shape, like the yeah. wildest dreams that I've had since being a kid of like being a rock star yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean it was like oh we're actually like we had we had um we had eight we had five articulated trucks, five articulated lorries, and three tour buses, so like that was the convoy for uh, for our next lot of shows
0: i think I think every time I've heard what's next with you like through our friends and stuff I, always, I have that exact reaction it's kind of like like that what I've just had there yeah. when you told me all about those trucks I like just have a little snigger because yeah. I'm just like that's class that's class
1: it's absolutely nuts it was like yeah. it went from you know considering I was like it's hard to like, kind of put it a perspective because I was like three years beforehand I was living in my mom's. Flat in Vern Road, and like I was on, uh, I was on benefits. I was on sickness benefits for like, for what I was. Um, well, I was actually I'd actually come off them by that point. Right. But for the time prior that I was, you know, I was on benefits for like a couple of years because of me. Me, I was ill at the time. I had this uh, thing, which I'm probably will talk about at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's like going from that like. Literally, like, we didn't have a pot to piss in to be, like, to skip forward three years to be, like, in a place where not worrying about bills and, like, touring and doing what I love. But, like, you know, even if it was, like, even if I was to tell myself then that, like, I'd sell out, you know, 500 capacity shows. They were like once I'd hit that stage when we were selling off like five hundred cap venues, I was like, this is it, we've done it. And then it just went up again. And it was like, all right, we're doing a thousand cap venues across the country. And then it was like, right, we're doing the big academies. And then it was like, right, we're doing Brixton. Right, we're doing and then it was like every tour that we did, halfway through the tour we'd sold out the next tour that was bigger. (laughs) <laughs> so it was like, we're in, wow. we're like playing 400, 500 people a night and halfway through that tour, it was like, you've sold out your first academy tour. And wow. then we're like, what? And then we went on the academy tour and it was like, you've sold out the big academy tour where you're like playing at 5,000 a night. And then yeah. it was like, halfway through that tour, it was like, you've sold out your arena tour. And we're just like, what the hell? Like it just, it was the most relentless mm-hmm. like rise I've ever, well, obviously I don't know how it worked for. Every other band that's had that sort of
0: yeah yeah,
1: but it's just you it's it's all happening so fast that you can't that you can't even take stead of what's going on, mm-hmm. and by the time you have like you're trying to get your head around the the level you've got to, you've gone to another level again, and it's just insane. It's like a it's like a a permanent adrenaline rush.
0: Yeah, I which it's it's literally it's almost like. Textbook You could have a movie Written about you The way that it's happened Like this <laughs> yeah. Whole like Meteoric thing no, Who I, who would play you In a movie by the way
1: Oh who would play us In a movie yeah, Who would you want I mean it, Who 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 would I want Compared to Who would actually play us Is probably very different I mean like So like Who would you want Who would anyone want You know You'd be like Oh well I'd want Like you know I would like Want that kid Who's that kid Who plays uh, that, that kid in a uh, American horror stories I'd want him to play us, but
0: ah oh, right I think I know exactly who you mean. Uh, what's he called? He was in that um Ratchet film as well.
1: That's who you'd want to play but I know I'm not that cool or or sexy.
0: Sam's <laughs> uh, so just going through his phone right I'm now. Just to trying show to find, me a photo. find
1: the guy. Yeah, you'd want someone like Evan Peters playing you. Oh, that's not who I thought you meant. No, I meant I meant that kid. You know, I'd want him playing us, but because he's kind of, he's kind of. I can see that, but you know, he's got the kind of dead, dead look behind his eyes that I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. It's kind of the brows are similar. Yeah, I see what you mean. What's that's not the guy that I was thinking of. Yeah, if you know, if um, you if you made him look a bit more blonde. American Horror Story, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but in reality, they'd probably get like I don't know.
0: <laughs> so yeah. They'd probably that. get Evan Michael Cera.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, I'm sorry, but uh, this is the guy I thought you meant. Finn Wittrock. That's a look. He looks more like you. He's got black hair, but he looks more like you. Are do you reckon? Absolutely. I think he's he's a lot more... Um, when you were saying American Horror Story, I thought that's who you he's meant. He's
1: a lot more handsome, I think.
0: Well, there you go. Take it.
1: He, I reckon, actually, if you, I reckon if you blonded him up, he could...
0: Yeah, definitely. ...play a
1: Hollywood version of myself, I think.
0: Well, it's got to be all yeah. here. come the you, swans are back! Oh,
1: the swans are back, are they? Coming back to check that we're not doing anything wrong. So yeah, it's like
0: yeah, man, that's you, right there. More over than Evan Peters, in my opinion. That oh, well, that's, See what well, that's, people think.
1: Well, I'll take I'll take I'll take either to be honest, because they're both very attractive men. <laughs> but aye, so I I don't know. It is. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I meanwhile, um, this whole sort of time's been... Kind of, I'm just excited to get back to that, you know, because we need to do them arenas. Well, we'll still do the. Arenas. You'll do the arenas.
0: We'll still do them. And when you do, it'll be amazing, and it'll be like here we are, everybody.
1: Yeah, we need to just. Um,
0: and it'll be a party because can you imagine the first gigs back?
1: Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be insane.
0: Have you got any big plans for your first gigs back? <clears throat>
1: kind of, just honestly, you know what it is like. I think just the gigs alone in the arenas or a big enough plan on their own. You know what I mean? I I can't really... I mean, I've got, like, obviously there'll be a a heap heap load of new songs. Uh I think if that's the one thing that the the people wouldn't have got at the time of going to see the arenas, if it was last year, it would have just been everything from the first album. Mm -hmm. But this time they're going to get, like, a load of stuff from whatever I do next, you know?
0: Yeah. Because it's mad, like... Like you say, it would have been the first... You were still touring the first album when you were doing the arenas. Usually, like, I mean...
1: It's only, like, third album.
0: <laughs> usually it's, like, third yeah. album that people start doing arenas. It's I know. crazy. I remember um, back in the day, it was, like... I think my, one of my first arena tours that I saw... Sorry. Sounded like I was going to say... Yeah, yeah. One of my first arena tours... One of, of my that first... Back on it, yeah. No, one <laughs> of the first arena tours that I saw was, uh, like, Manic Street Preachers, and it was... It was this is my truth, tell me yours, which I think is like the fourth or fifth album or something yeah, yeah. so yeah i always was like under the impression that like arenas were for like second or third well that's plus a thing. Albums, a, you know that's a thing. I guess like, everyone's different
1: well like, exactly it's 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 just it all depends on how, you know just how the whole thing yeah is is taken, i guess I mean we never expected it i I think I knew that i I couldn't gauge how mental everything was, mm-hmm. Until like we started getting a few comparisons like that. So it was like when someone like we'd sold out two nights in Queen Alexandra Palace. Yeah. In London, which is ten thousand people a night. So it was twenty thousand over the course of two nights. And uh, the record label were like off it Falls Falls did that on the third record. Right. And I was going like, Falls did that and I was like you know, I've always thought, like, falls are just, like, massive, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that always, like, really spun us out, like, to think, like, that happened that way. Um, So it's just insane, you know? Like, but I suppose we had an open lane, in a way.
0: In what sense?
1: Like, I'm not saying that, like, well, I'm not saying that we're the only indie band around, but I meant there was loads of a million amazing indie bands in the country, but as far as, like, I mean, as far as radio one sort of like, you know, mainstream sort of radio play mm-hmm. like we were kinda of getting similar sort of play, you know, like we we're getting similar rotations to like like all the like Lewis Capaldi's and yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And we we're getting loads of rotation on that, like unlike most sort of indie bands that are signed to indie labels, obviously we're signed to major labels, so I don't know if that was what made a difference but but um we got that rotation and, and no other band at the time was like that was brand new or was kind of ascending that quick so I yeah. guess we've kind of like in a way it's kind of been we've had, we've had a kind of open lane which has been you know there's, it's not been like there's been two of, two mm-hmm. sort of indie bands that have like ascended in that year yeah. to arenas do you know what I mean we are kind of on my own I mean there's loads of other bands that were playing arenas but they've been around for a bit longer than us you know what I mean mm-hmm. Um so it's been kinda we've well, been lucky, I guess. It was like kinda just the right time for it. I think it was the right time for a bit of guitar music that was kind of it's accessible and
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's needed at the minute, isn't it? I was listening to a radio show the other day, um and it was it was dissecting modern pop music. And I'm not kinda giving it a bad rep or anything here. But I think there's a place for everything. And um this this the main kind of theme throughout this kind of documentary was that music that's on the mainstream right now is generally only about two or three four chords, yeah, and then it's just the verse the top line I think it was about top line writers this show. The chords are always the same throughout the entire tune it's just what's going on around it that changes and yeah. it makes you think that like the 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 chorus is different because like a new drum beats come in. And all it's changing really is the top line melody. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't know, like... Like,
1: obviously it's all of its subjective in it. But I mean, for me, I'm always a big fan of... of, um, Not as much processing. I mean, saying that, there's quite a bit of processing on my first album, but like... I think there's a, there's a, there's a big space in music, uh, in the world of music at the moment for, for like a bit of sort of strip back more organic stuff because everything yeah. is just so, so processed. Like even, even so at the point where like there's like, I'm almost pressured to process me songs more mm-hmm. because I feel like the ears of the youth are so conditioned to hearing perfection. All yeah, the time, quantized beats, like quantized beats, like auto-tuned vocals. Mm-hmm. That like, there's all there's a fear that like, if I put something out that's like live, yeah, <laughs> that like you know kids are gonna just think I'm I'm, I'm crap, <laughs> or people are gonna yeah, make, you you know, like thing. A lot of young people are gonna be like, oh, he's, his voice doesn't sound that good because it's not like perfect. But then that was uh-huh. a big fear for a while. But then I was like, I realized that that's a load of bollocks because I've never ever sung with auto like, in my life. And uh, I used to just redo the vocals over and over and over again until they were right, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um But then this second album, I've just kind of went right, screw it. And so, like, well, not that I should be pushing the second album yet because it's not knowing you have done, but, like, the stuff that I'm recording at the moment, I've done a lot of it is live. Yeah. Like, live as a band as well, so not even to click. So we've just, like, we're relying on Drew Ah, okay. Relying on Drew to just be on it, yeah. And then the vocals. I'm like, I've been tended to do most of them in just like a full take. Mm-hmm. And there's been the odd drop ins, You know, if I really fluff something up, then I'll yeah. go in for the odd drop in. But I'm trying my best to kind of not be so over the like over the top with so going back in and yeah. recutting vocals because it's like some of my favorite like records ever are where the vocals. are aren't perfect in tune. Like I love, sometimes, yeah. have you ever heard it? When you hear a vocal that's like nicely out of tune. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, it might just fall short of a note. Yeah. in it, but it, the emotions there and the delivery there. That's where the there. character is. And, and that's and where human, the human thing is. You know what I mean? And like, of course, yeah. I think that's what a lot of music is missing today is the human thing like that. Cause yeah, well. Also as well, how do kids, like when I was a youngin? <laughs> when I was a young'un, <laughs> as if I'm geared past it. Right. <laughs> so, like you know, four years ago when I was a young'un, <laughs> yeah, like when I was like in my mom's flat, now wasn't signed. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't even assemble the band yet, and I was just sort of plucking away and writing me songs. <clears throat> there was a part of us that was like. I would like listen to things and be like, oh, how can I do that? How can I be, you know, I, I think if everything I heard was like, auto oh, tuned, if that was the, o oh, everything I heard was like that level of like processing on the production. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes unrealistic for you as a kid to like, yeah. to dream about becoming that. Whereas like when I used to listen to like, I used to listen to bands that were like rough around the edges and I'd like learn the guitar chords and then I'd learn the vocals and I'd be like get in aren't do that like yeah well you want like to
0: you want to see your idols like fluff up a guitar solo cuz then that makes you think oh totally. I, f- I fluff that up when I try and play that totally i'm i met one of my uh one of my favorite guitarists of all time uh-huh. i went i went to the, the arena to watch uh, did you ever listen to Incubus? <laughs> yeah. Me,
1: bro- me, brother, <laughs> me brother used to uh, play as a bit of Incubus back in the so day. I was a
0: big Incubus fan back in the day and I went to meet them and uh, I'd somehow got tickets for a meet and greet. Aye. So here's me, like 17 years old, 18 years old or whatever, yeah. going to meet like meet absolute idols and it wasn't the lead singer, it was the guitarist, yeah. guy called Mike Einziger. And I remember on that album, I was like trying to play all the songs and stuff, like mm-hmm. trying to get them right. And uh, I, I froze when I was in front of him, yeah, meeting yeah. your idol, didn't know what to say. Yeah, and I course. just went, oh, that guitar part in that tune, uh, it's really hard to play. Like. <laughs> anyway, <he went, laughs> and his reply was like, yeah, mate, I mess it up all the time as well. And I was like, oh, Kevin, okay. he messes it up. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. Yeah. But yeah, like you That's say, kids you kids don't have that these days. Like, nah. And even when they go to shows, there's a lot of bands uh, or acts that even... Their live shows are well, auto-tuned, yeah, and, completely, and they've got Quantas beats <clears throat> behind them, and yeah, not a real drummer or whatever, and the whole
1: thing's run through a laptop. Of course, yeah, it's all like you hit play, and then like half of the track's coming out from the from the Pro Tools <laughs> session, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, no, I know, I, I totally, and I mean, even even there's even some songs that I've got, which I've been writing, and I've got so much stuff on it that even I'm like tempted to like to do the whole. Maybe so I should just play it. Maybe so I should just hit play and then have like because I've, I've I've got strings sections and stuff in my uh-huh. in like yeah. brass sections and you're thinking like well I can't you like I can't afford to a, a full string section and a full mm-hmm. brass section at the moment. Do well, I, that's it, isn't it? Do I put them on? So, but I'm basically that's like you know you do feel pressure to do that as well. Yeah, because you want your stroke, you want it to sound as big as it possibly can be. But uh, I've just decided that I'm just going to try and skint myself with the biggest band I possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the,
0: is there ideas for, like, expanding the live performances? Yeah, so I
1: think for my plan is, like, because I've got loads of strings and loads of brass, like, not just Johnny. Johnny's playing saxophone, but I've also got, like, I've got trumpet and, mm-hmm. like, a bit of trombone as well. Oh, yes. So I'm kind of thinking for my bigger shows, like, the bigger ones where the, where there's more like, money coming back, hmm So if we're, if we're getting a good pay for it, then I can afford to like make the band bigger. Yeah. Um, So the plan is to get like a small brass section.
0: That'd be
1: nice. Um, Like, I mean, I've had the Geordie brass section on some gigs already. Yeah. Um, I've got a kind of, I've got an idea in mind of, of who I want, I'm kind of looking for some other people.
0: Cracking voice so thank you what's your kind of warm-ups because i know you had a little bit of trouble didn't you
1: well i a lot of my trouble actually came from warming up too much really <laughs> yeah so like everyone just assumes that you're like you know you're partying all the time but i actually wasn't i was pretty much a like i was pretty much like a nun <laughs> on yeah tour. like i was completely
0: when how old were you when you learned not to party all the time on tour
1: Uh, pretty instantly yeah because I've always known like I used to be the kind of I used to only gig like you know when you're when you're starting out you're gigging once a month (laughs) you know when you're just gigging around your hometown Mm -hmm. and I used to like do the gig and then it was like party you do your gig you come off stage you get absolutely pissed talk about how great everyone was yeah <laughs> you pat yourselves on the back oh were not we're great yeah <laughs> and you get mortal and then you you know and then you've got a month till the next oh, show yeah and, you know your next show at the Clooney, <laughs> or, your, or your next show at the boiler shop steam are you yeah, like right I had a head of steam. and then it was like i had a steam eye and then um and then the moment i did like five gigs in a row i know the first one we did we did three gigs in a row and it was the first ever show we ever did as a band and it was in Ullapool at the very top of Scotland. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Would release play a god, and we already had label attention before we'd even done a show. Mm-hmm. So, like, right, when you go somewhere where the labels aren't gonna come and see you, so when we right. Ullapool, like the very top of Scotland, they played in this like fisherman's pub, lovely place, in front of like you know, Naywon. And uh, lo and behold, there was three like young, twenty odd year old lads there with their cockney and like sort of southern and then you know southern accents. And oh, we were what, like from, uh, we were like, from label, oh, kind oh, of? Oh, we were like, oh, world. fuck. It was like, it was like, hey, Sam, it was like, I'm from, I'm from Ministry of Sound. And then there was another one, like, oh, yeah, I'm from Universal. Like, we've just been uh, set up, we were set up, like, I'll come and see you. And that I was impression's like. impression's
0: too good. And I was just like, fuck's it, like. I feel like
1: I know that person. Yeah, you know, they're all the same, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> so we did them three shows. And I remember we did Ullapool, we did Inverness. And then we did, like, we did some, like, Someone's party, it was like a, f- a friend's party in like a field, like this, right? My manager's friend's party, and uh, yeah, like I was drinking every night on that. And like by the yeah. second, even by the even after the first night, I was knackered, like because I was like gunning it, and like
0: drinking. And then, like, drinkin', and then it's a schoolboy era, isn't it? You think that that's what so, it's all about, yeah, and so you're excited as well, cause yeah, you're, exactly. you're kind of going great. on holiday with your mates, aren't yeah, you?
1: totally. It's like a large holiday, but then the first it's like a lads holiday if you drink but then literally after that that was it I never ever drank again yeah it. like the only time I'd ever drink is if I had like I'd maybe sometimes I would allow myself like a beer uh-huh. after a show mm-hmm. and then that would be it Um, and then the other time I would allow myself like I'd sometimes if I had a day off
0: mm-hmm.
1: if I had a day off and we're gone for like a nice meal because sometimes you know sometimes you get the you're know, going all over the planet and you you know, you find nice places to eat, you know, I'd allow, allow myself a couple of glasses of wine or something with me food but never more than that. And um for me, my my voice the sort of the bits of trouble that I had, I mean I, I hemorrhaged the vocal cord mm-hmm. and that was terrifying. Wow. And I thought like, you know, the and I had a <laughs> had a doctor that didn't really, was like an ANT, but wasn't a vocal specialist. Right. So I had a hemorrhage vocal cord. It was bleeding. Okay. Wow. Like literally bleeding. Like it was proper rank. I saw the camera went down my throat and it was like, uh, and they were uh, like, you know, m- any, any vocal specialist would be like, do not talk, do not sing, mm-hmm. do not go on stage. do not, And they're like, oh, you might, you know, she says, you're still kind of, it still seems to come together when you're, when you're trying to sing in the centres on stage at Radio 1's Big Weekend with a hemorrhaged vocal cord. Whoa. And I did that gig and my voice was like, it was like someone, it was like glass, it was like someone stabbing us in the throat when I was trying to sing Hypersonic Missiles. Wow. Which is like a high song. <clears> hmm <throat> It was a nightmare. I came off stage, I couldn't talk and that was when it was like, boom, done. I'd like, I mean, it was already done. I'd already mm. knackered it and I already needed loads of time off anyway but that was like, Pushed it even further.
0: Final nail in the coffin. Like, kind it was of, like a
1: proper nail in the coffin. And yeah. I was like, that was it done. And once I got my vocals checked, out had a hemorrhage. I had like a, you know, a little sort of like, almost like a little polyp thing sort okay, of formed. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is me done. Like you think polyps and that, you think that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. You've got to get surgery. you got to do all yeah. this. And luckily, I just, sh- believe it or not, I literally shut the fuck up for a month. I like locked myself away. That's very hard to believe. It, it is hard to believe, isn't it? Not, <laughs> like full silence for a month in my really? ma- mom's flat. Um, and just literally switched off and uh, just played video games. And it was depressing as hell because I thought I wasn't going to sing again. And then a month later, it was coming back. And then there's loads of rehabilitation that you have to do after you stop speaking for a month. You lose all the all of the muscle strength in your voice. That was me. That was me. You lose all the muscle strength in your voice. Right. so then you have to you can't um, like your vocal cords healed my, my vocal cords miraculously healed they'd put yeah. a camera down it and they like it's absolutely fine like the little sort of polyp things gone yeah. completely you No, know, like and your vocal cords work completely perfectly as they did beforehand they are actually probably better than they were
0: healed stronger a I, little bit
1: because I wasn't like I wasn't touring for so long it actually gives us that time but then yeah. the muscle strength goes because if you're not singing all the time all the muscles around your larynx are what kind of Mm -hmm. dictates how well you can hit things so for ages it's like for ages it it actually i struggled to to do me high notes without kind of really having to push because i just lost all the sort of muscle strength but then about six months after that i was like back strong again and it was like all the tours that we did for the the best tour i think i ever did funnily enough was the last one i did the european tour before the lockdown because Mm -hmm. i was like i was back strong again yeah i was singing loads again and my vocal cords were like completely fine and didn't have anything wrong with them so yeah. like, I've I've been lucky really because some people you know you hear about Adele she's had surgery like twice or something. has she? yeah she's she done her voice and got surgery like Jess glins I think she's had surgery like three times and I've just okay. luckily never ever had to do the surgery I luckily yeah. I healed naturally and now my voice is stronger than ever you know wow um, and now the stuff that I've been doing recently as well I've been hitting higher notes than I've like ever heard. Just, you know, Are
0: you going to take it easier? Because like, obviously you must have, sorry never, to bring the mood down, but you might you must have a little bit of anxiety yeah. that you oh, can yeah. go back into that. Massive you know.
1: anxiety, but when I realised what my problem was, was I was warming up far too much. So I used to, because of my anxiety about my voice and wanting it to be good all the time, I'd be warming up for like an hour okay. every night. Mm-hmm. So I'd basically do a gig before I went on stage in, in the dressing room. Yeah, And then I'd go on stage and do a gig. So I was right. just singing loads, like it's far too much. Cause I was told by a vocal coach that told us you needed to warm up for that long, who was obviously a, like, no offense, like just mm. the wrong teachings. Um, and then I've got this new vocal coach who was just incredible. And she's just like, how long are you warming up for? And I was like an hour and she just went, what the hell are you doing? She was like five minutes.
0: Five minutes. Yeah.
1: She was like wow. five minutes. She was like, you're conditioning. She was like, if you want to condition your voice when you're off, then you sing for an hour and do warm ups for an hour because mm-hmm. that's conditioning. She's like, but when you're what on, what do you mean conditioning? Like it's like you know, like it's like going to the gym. Okay, it's like just warming it up and like and testing it out and seeing how high you can get it one day and whatever. Yeah, like all of that. Do that on your days off and and warm up for hours on end and whatever. But yeah. on the days of your shows, it's like you've got a reserve of how much energy you've got and how much you before you start to tire your cords out. You've got a you've got a bank. You've got mm-hmm. a bank of how much you've got in your reserve. And basically when you're on tour, you just want to But five minutes before you go on or 10 minutes before you go on, you do your warm ups, and you just, you do all your, all your trills and stuff. I'm not going to do them here because I'll scare all the birds <laughs> off. And once you've done your trills and all of that, you get out there and mm-hmm. you you gun it. And then you come off stage and you warm down and then you just fucking shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you, I mean, I can chat and stuff, but yeah. you know, you've just got to be, You've got to like everything's got to be saved for them shows, because if if you do what I did, when I was like panicking, you know I was na- I'd be knackered by like the fifth gig on my tour, mm-hmm. because I'd basically done ten gigs. Right. <laughs> it's like doing twice, twice the work.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I Well, it's just you know, horses for courses, isn't it? I suppose you've you've learnt the hard way, unfortunately, but at least you've learned. and like you say, your, your voice is probably. Stronger now, isn't
1: it? Well, I mean, I was playing you a little clip earlier.
0: Yes, you were. And you
1: heard that big note that I went for. <laughs> yeah. You know, can I do that with a broken it voice?
0: It shook me. Yeah. <laughs> it did. I was uh, Sam was just showing me a couple of of the newer tracks and uh, yeah, it's it just just wait. <laughs> just you wait. You'll hear this note and you'll be like, Jesus Christ.
1: It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a Freddie Mercury screamer.
0: Yeah, that's what we're going for absolutely the new tracks are sounding absolutely amazing are you excited for people to hear them And
1: totally but it's a, it's a long while off yet you know I'm not like I'm still kind of I'm still very much in the middle of all of it so I'm I'm mm-hmm. trying not to. I'm not I'm not going to be like get excited yet because it's yeah. it's still a while you know what I mean we've still got a fair bit of time to go before anything's coming
0: what's your kind but of but it is this year is it, it is this year
1: it will be later this year yeah
0: Ooh. you've
1: yeah. heard it here Back end of back end of this year. Nice. Will, will be the time. Now this swan Ooh. is starting to kick off.
0: Got a nice display from one of the swans here. Ah, swans. I think these have been the star of the podcast, haven't they? These yeah, two they swans. Have. I mean, we have are um, beautiful creatures. We haven't really seen too much action apart from... I did want to draw attention back to the birds for a second because um, earlier on we saw a great crested grebe on the pond. Mm-hmm. I was just telling Sam about it earlier on and we did manage to quickly get a look at it. But It's one of the most fascinating birds. Um, I haven't seen it since. I'm trying to get another look at it. but I know
1: what that bird is up there. That's flying. What's that? It's a seagull. At first I thought it was a kittiwake but it's not. I think it was actually a proper seagull.
0: Well, there's loads of different types of gulls. That was a black headed gull. And the way that you can identify a black headed gull it's is. Has it got a black head? In summer, it's got a black head. And in winter, it's the black of its head recedes back to like a, a little black dot. Sorry, the black dot's right behind the eye. Oh, wow. So in winter, it's got a white head. If you were to. That's one right there. Oh, wow. If you were to see it through binoculars, you'll see like a little black dot behind yeah. its eye. Oh, wow. But in summer, it goes fully black-headed.
1: Low-gliding over there. There
0: you go. Yeah, so how have you How have you enjoyed your little bird-watching experience so far? It's absolutely stunning, and uh, yeah. I would love to do it again. That's what I want to hear.
1: I'd happily, I'd happily come and do it again and, and hopefully get more action. I'd happily even do another episode with you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Season two. Season two. See how it goes. <laughs> it's lush.
1: It's absolutely lush.
0: I love nice. I'm sat I me, it. Man.
1: Sat here on my flask of tea and I'm like It's the most human I've felt pretty much in a long time. <laughs> oh I
0: can I can sit in bird hides for hours. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. It's lush. It's really good. It's really meditative and calms you down and it's just really relaxing and yeah. Calms your anxieties and stuff. Like, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm gonna see some or hear some uh, some bird lyrics in your in your new album. I think in um, this podcast, were you into? Were you into? Can I ask you a quick question? Go for it. Were you into birds when
1: you had your band, Grandfather Birds?
0: <laughs> um, you was know what? It's really annoying because no, I wasn't. And um, whenever we did interviews, we, there was this one interview in particular. It 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 absolutely bombed because the interviewer was like, "Your name's Grandfather Birds," so I'm going to ask you. 10 quickfire questions about birds. And we got every single question oh, wrong. No. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I think I can remember some of the questions now. And I'm thinking, Jesus, how did I get those questions wrong? They're so kind of like basic uh, bird questions, like talking about like crows and seagulls and blue tits and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Uh, I read it in a book. The name of a character in a book was a grandfather bird. And uh yeah. What, what book was it? It was a Terry Pratchett book called Nation. Oh, right. So, yeah, it's a weird kind of fantasy.
1: Terry Pratchett. A, Terry Pratchett style any, kind like of that, like, comedy book. Wacky, you know? wacky,
0: wacky, like... Uh, like Discworld. He has this series a kid called... In school,
1: he, used to, he was a kid he was in
0: school he used to love Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Are you reading any books at the minute?
1: I've um, I read one about birds, weirdly enough. Did you? <laughs> yeah, well, it, wasn't, it was... Um, it was actually about seagulls. It was, um, I'm trying to remember what the hell it was called. It was a really short book. I read it in the day, Right. Um, and that was in, was in Italy. And then, uh, and then the book I read after that was um, the Psychopath Test by John Ronson. I've just bought that. It's absolutely class. Is it? It's like, have you started it?
0: No, not yet,
1: mate. Like I, I read it in the day.
0: Did you the whole fucking thing? Just yeah, I just absorbed. bought that last week. It got really absor- funny.
1: absorbed in the day, like just it's like a total page turner. Yeah, once you've read one chapter, you kind like, of okay, right. you cannot stop. Like that was that was the reaction for me. Anyway, I was like, okay, well, uh, it's, you know, you start questioning. All the people you know are they? A, is he a psychopath? Or am I a psychopath? Or, you know, am I a sociopath? Or, is he? A, is, yeah. Is this is me, mama? Is me dad a sociopath? Is me? Is me granddad a sociopath? Is me <laughs> brother? Is everyone a sociopath? You know, you do. You start questioning it. It's yeah. absolutely crazy, and um okay. basically, like they walk among us, the psychopaths. Psychopaths. Okay. There's many of them. Oh God, I um, don't even know if I want to read that. It's a
0: very small. It's, it's, a small <laughs> it's a bit daunting.
1: It's like a, so there's a small percentage of them but they're like you know mm-hmm. there's lots of psychopaths out there that aren't like you know they're not criminals. Yeah. There's some people that are like it's pretty it's terrifying. Really? Yeah. They walk among us. Oh, <laughs> no it's it's kind of one of the big things is like the the big sort of questions that it raises is the correlation between CEOs of big companies. Right? And uh like there's a higher percentage of psychopaths in like in sort of CEO positions or like big positions, because obviously business and capitalism, basically the traits of being a psychopath lend themselves to being successful in capitalism, like having no empathy, lacking empathy, uh, Mm -hmm. being like ruthless.
0: Doing things for personal gain. Being able to
1: lie. Sociopathic No remorse Yeah Being out there Like you know These all lend themselves well For being like A I really I know shrewd few brutal. those kinds of people No like <laughs> I literally like I have now Like got Like a, a list In my head Of people Who I won't name Of even just In our hometown that I'm like Psychopath Psychopath Yeah <laughs> th- There's some people That are like You know you can't Obviously you can't Go around diagnosing people psychopath but mm-hmm. but there's like there's a hair checklist that's that's a psychopath test and there's some people who score you know you can score like there's this basically if you get a certain score you're like not psychopathic at all then there's the score okay. of like potential psychopathy
0: how did you score on the test? not
1: psychopathic at all apparently okay. but also i am taking into account that when i was answering the test i was hoping to god that i wasn't going to be psychopathic so maybe mm-hmm. you know i try to be as honest as i could be like the question Is the test in the book no, 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 it's not in the book, but you can get it online in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. One of the tests is like, are you, basically, are you selfish? And I was like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like, I'd like a score on that, like, because I, I, be, I can't be very selfish, you know, I think. Well, right. I think
0: you've also got, I think, I think there's this kind of stigma on selfishness. Yeah. And I think it's because people are taking it the wrong way. If you say this, the, the stereotypical way of someone being selfish think, is a mean Oh, it's a different, I
1: think there's a difference between selfishness and self-preservation yeah yeah exactly I think
0: if you're like it, on the well-being side of thing I think selfishness you know, is if you, totally
1: if you fine. you, know you can give too much of yourself away to people and, Absolutely. and be knackered yeah. but then you can also you know you can also just be as you know there is being a selfish prick as well which is just like yeah. not thinking about how your actions will affect people yeah. which also I'll hold my hands and say I have done in the past you know what I mean I have yeah me too you know I'm well aware of that I've you know, I've, I've I've cocked up plenty of times. But I think it's also as well, that's the thing about a psychopath is lack of awareness, the fact that I know I've done things that aren't good and I know that I've been
0: a dick before. It's not being aware that you've done them that, that would make you
1: like psychopaths have yeah. no doubt in their mind mm-hmm. that like they wouldn't for a second think that they've ever done anything wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah It's not their fault
0: Do you know what I mean you know, You've lit- got me thinking I'm I'm literally Hitting rewind in my head now
1: you, You're not like, The fact that you're Hitting rewind in your head Means you're not a psychopath Okay Right good Because you're thinking Shit Have I Am I What have I been Have I this Have I that And uh You know Some people score more than others Some mm-hmm. people are like A little bit Have maybe Have sort of a potential psychopathy have a little few Psychopathic traits And then okay. there's people Who are like pretty much Full blown like you know, like ripping wings off birds and fucking stabbing cats and that. Oh God. You know, k- yeah. That's, That's how it st- starts, isn't it? It's, it's, it, you know, there's, there's a scale. There's like people who are a bit of a dick and don't yeah. really care about people. And then there's people who are like, you know, stabbing people,
0: hitting people with hammers. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I, I've definitely should... met some of these people that yeah, you're you know, describing. Go them.
1: read it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I will. Like Donald, maybe... Donald Trump
0: is a fucking psychopath. Like
1: oh yeah, hundred percent. Like like
0: I don't need to read a book to figure that out. He's
1: like you know, <laughs> it's never his fault. Nothing's ever his fault. Oh, that's, yeah. He he is completely con- like he completely convinced that he is the best at everything that he does. Like he, like you know, he's no doubt that he's the best. He's the best at everything, mm-hmm. right? He's a uh, he's got he can't he can't take responsibility for anything. If anything goes wrong, it's always somebody else's fault. Uh, he's got a massive massive uh, self of self, self a, a grandiose sense of self-worth you know like he thinks he's the fucking greatest thing since sliced bread he has no empathy for anybody like you know when it it, you know if you talk about you know and but he also has charm that he can turn on that's another thing that psychopaths have is like superficial charm that can just be turned on like a light switch
0: what uh, in terms of um donald trump I, i recently watched something um on youtube ruby wax did an interview back in the day with donald trump Round about the time, because it, it was on um, Louis Theroux's podcast. Yeah. He, she was interviewed, um, and they made reference to this when she met Donald Trump. Yeah. And one of the things that she said was, like, he's got a crazy amount of charm. Oh. Like, he can make you feel tiny yeah. just being around him because of the way that he kind of, like, holds himself. And,
1: and That's the thing, like, the charm thing, the this, this superficial charm. Thing like, I was always worried that I had that because I'm quite a sociable, talkative person. And when I'm you're was, a charmer, I am a charmer, like but you could
0: be a charmer without being a psychopath.
1: Well, that's a thing. Obviously. So, like, I was like, when there's a question like, do you have superficial charm that you can turn on like a light switch? And I was like, uh, uh, uh. so it's like, you know, it's like, no, right. it's like, no, yes, somewhat, and yes. And I was like, though, <laughs> the, the I clicked yes, somewhat because the only reason why I clicked yeah somewhat is because I don't think it's like turned on like a light switch superficially like I think my charm is when I am trying to be charming I think it's genuine I'm not trying to like get something out of someone I'm just trying to
0: yeah it's I don't, know. It's, it's, I don't
1: want people to i'm trying i don't know maybe maybe, maybe it is superficial maybe I am turning it on like a light switch because i'm but a lot of it comes for me it comes from self esteem yeah I feel like i I try to be charming because I don't want people to think that I'm a fucking weirdo <laughs> which I am <laughs> I'm a little weirdo that like. can be charming
0: in itself though a you little bit I mean? of a weirdo I'm I like
1: I, you know I'm you know, behind all of the the guitar get up and the the band and the and the whatever like I am just a kid that loves Star Wars and you know, <laughs> just wants to sit and, and eat eat crisps and what's play. your favourite crisp I've um, I've got a lot of favourite crisps uh, from back in the day, I used to love them. Um, do you know how them? Do you ever have them like T-bone steak pop chips? Oh yes. I forget what they're called. I forget what the brand name is. Royston uh, Royston's Roysters T-bone Roysters. steak pop yeah. chips. They were like probably on the top of my list when I was a kid.
0: In sc- in school, right? Yeah. I had this one friend in school who would whip them out at every lunch, <laughs> and it would be like. The the fucking you know when you open up a box and light comes out of it yeah, yeah, yeah. that was his lunch box when yeah. he opened it up and there was like Royster's t bone steak and like you know they're a bit spenny you oh, know spenny like when you go to Asda and get a multi pack of t bone steak you know <clears throat> Royster's you know y- yeah. yeah you know your parents probably got and Dad little, are probably doing yeah. well mm-hmm. you know
1: well that's the thing I, I I was roysters were never in the house I came across them it, you know just melt in your mouth as well, well don't I it. came across them with me lunch money. Um, yeah. And I used to just blast me lunch money on crisps and energy drink, and um, so it was like a relentless. So you can imagine how bad my breath stung. <laughs> and uh, like that was my crack. But uh, I I like loads of crisps. Man, I love watert. Well, and the, the reason why I ask is schools.
0: Are watered, right? I love
1: I love giant watert.
0: I've just recently uh, discovered because um, I was told that the paws of a cat smell like Wattits. That's disgusting. And I've got a cat and. I just grabbed his paw and just put it in my nose and and it was bang on. That's disgusting. He's a smelly boy, but he's 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 getting on a bit, you know. That that like that that,
1: that makes us physically sick.
0: <laughs> Next time you're around a cat, smell its paws. I don't want to be
1: put off water so I like me water Do you know what I mean? And like as a thing, I, I like water, I like roysters, I like um I like squares.
0: Squares, yeah, I solid, solid like vinegar.
1: Walker squares unreal.
0: The reason I'm asking about crisps is because it was one of the ideas for the podcast. <laughs> we was going to be sitting in a bird hide, bird watching. Eating crisps. Eating a bag of crisps. That would be hilarious. And we'd talk about crisps as well. We should but have picked up some crisps. We should have done, but it, I mean, didn't do it because can you imagine just sitting here eating crisps a I'd love with to the hear the crunch <laughs> over it, it's hilarious. Could be a little bit ASMR. But
1: it's hilarious that though. Yeah. I mean, this is already ASMR. I think that's
0: maybe like a, a separate podcast altogether. Yeah. We'll do a crisp podcast, shall we? Yeah, yeah, just do it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, I think we can um we can safely say that we've we've been talking for about an hour and a quarter. Oh. Bloody hell. Yeah, so it's you by. can just lose yourself when you're when you're doing this. It's it's part of the uh It's beautiful. Part of the charm of it. But yeah, I'm I'm super grateful. Thank you very much. Oh, really, really appreciate much. you coming. Thanks for having us, mate. Um and yeah, you're obviously more than welcome to come back. And podcast or not, we'll go bird uh we'll go bird watching again. I would love love
1: to come back. Let's definitely do it. Yeah, again man. soon. Absolutely. You've got your bird
0: book now. You God, know. Still, I
1: I'm absolutely buzzing. Thank you so much. It's such a lovely gift.
0: You're very welcome. Um yeah, so thanks for everybody um for listening. Cheers, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. There it is, episode 10. Thanks to Sam for helping me put this together. Thanks for Sam for joining me. I hope you all enjoyed the chat as much as I did. As mentioned before, I'm going to take a little bit of time out, but assuming Sam has a few fans listening, you may be interested in previous episodes which guest a lot of his friends, such as El Divine, Johnny Bond, Hector Gannett, A Festival of Parade, and Imogen. The podcast is solely run by myself. I get the guests together, organise everything, edit, master, mix and distribute it myself. So if you could give me a little follow on the social media pages, that would be amazing. Maybe even give me a little review on possibly iTunes or Spotify. As mentioned as well, I'm going to focus a little bit of time now on releasing music. My first single with the early purple comes out uh, this week on Thursday, the 28th of April. It's called Old Eagle so go check out my socials at The Early Purple, and I may have borrowed Sam's drummer to help me record a few of these tunes so I hope you like them but for now, thanks to everyone for listening this season I greatly appreciate it see you in season 2